Atypical Vart is created by Rabbi Ari Karetsky, host of Jews You Should Know, a great podcast available on all platforms. You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kibalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This week, a student approached me at our Maimonides program and asked me a question I actually field quite often. Rabbi Keishi queried, how do you have so much energy? She was watching me bounce around from student to student as they streamed in for the evening. I answered her with only partial honesty. The students energized me. I say this is a partial truth because while I do draw exuberance from students being around, those who would observe me just before those same students have arrived or just after they depart would witness a completely different disposition. Somewhere between subdued and comatose. A high energy aspect of my personality is wholly authentic, but it is also what is known as a persona, a single facet that captures part, but not all of the self. People are multi-hued, and this manner of bifurcation is not a flaw, but a feature with many positive corollaries. I share this all not out of solipsistic self-disclosure, but as a springboard to think about the strange behavior of Ephron the Chittite, who owned the cave of Machpelah which Avram wished to purchase to bury his deceased wife, Sarah. Initially, Ephron offered the parcel for free, but Avram demurred. Yet once Avram insisted on payment, Ephron demanded the exorbitant sum of 400 silver shekels. What changed? Moreover, is Ephron a generous kingpin or a greedy charlatan? The altar of Kelm, a leading ethical personality in 19th century Eastern Europe, explains that Ephron was a fraud. Since his exchange with Avram took place among the Hittites, he initially wished to project the image of a magnanimous benefactor. However, once Avram dangled the prospect of compensation, he resorted to his baser instincts, extracting a princely sum well beyond the fair market value. This past week marked the first yard site, the death anniversary of Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs, the most eloquent spokesman of Jewish ideals and perhaps of religion in general. In recent memory, in a moving essay titled Investing Time, written in the approach to Rosh Hashanah and the New Year, he outlined 10 life lessons to consider. His introduction reads, time is short. Down here on earth, we only have one life to live. And unlike money, time lost can never be regained. Judaism is the world's oldest and most elaborately refined time management system designed to ensure that we live for the things that matter that bring meaning and value and joy. Here are some life-changing principles I have learned from our faith, offered in the hope that they may help you as you reflect on the year that has passed and the one that is to come. He proceeds to outline signature principles, such as give your children values, not present, and be a lifelong learner. His fourth dictum reads, never compromise your Judaism in public. In the descriptive paragraph that follows, he elaborates, Consistency matters, not just within the family, but way beyond. And non-Jews are embarrassed by Jews who are embarrassed by Judaism. How do we square this call for consistency with the inevitable shifts of personality that most of us, or at least I, tend to exhibit and that I described above? Perhaps in my temperamental fluctuations, I am no different than the duplicitous Ephraim. Responding to a distraught student entering the secular workforce after years ensconced in the sanctified halls of the yeshiva, the great 20th century Torah leader, Rabbi Yitzchak Kutner, assured the young man that rather than leading a double life, the student would now be living a broad life, 
the disparate disciplines now occupying his time would be akin to multiple rooms in a single home. In other words, while the style and even content of our interactions may waver, our values hold firm and unyielding. Ephraim betrayed his poor character by shifting from sanctimonious patron to a narcissistic prophet hound at the mere hint of remuneration. But those who remain steadfast in their commitments, whether in the boardroom, synagogue, or public square, express the holiness of a human essence, even when modifying their outer trappings. In my recent podcast conversation with Dara Horn, author of People Love Dead Jews, we discussed how the wider world is comfortable memorializing Jewish history, lionizing dead Jews, but not with embracing the living expression of Jewish ideals. However, as Rabbi Sachs notes, when we are confident and consistent, we earn the respect, even the grudging admiration of those around us. During times of intensifying anti-Semitism, many people downplay their Jewishness. But paradoxically, this is precisely the time to project our values to the world. The values of fidelity to God, kindness to man, and refinement of self must define us even as we toggle between many externally distinct modes and contexts. Shabbat Shalom. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 